Good morning and Merry Christmas to you all, whether you're joining us virtually or whether you are here with us uh, with the skeleton crew here on uh, Christmas Day. Thank you. Thank you for joining with us in this holy, holy time. We are glad that you are here and that we can be together to worship. Today, this is a sermon of pilgrimage. We're going to take, and I hope you will join me, a little journey, a journey to Bethlehem. Many of you know that since late June of this year, we've been hosting um, what we've been calling the, the cathedral pilgrimages. The, the cathedral nave has been open for use on, on two days a week. By reservation, people can come and they pray. They kneel in the pews and they pray. They kneel at the prayer desk and light a candle. There, in the summertime, people were invited to make their way out into the garden area, the memorial garden, where they could pray and have time of solitude and, and reflection. Usually, on a normal pilgrimage, you would find here in the center a portable altar where people could take communion and have, to have a time of prayer. Well, we decided with the brilliance of many people to turn our pilgrimages this week into journeys to Bethlehem, to a journey to Bethlehem. When we announced that we were going to make that um, sort of minor shift in which we would have various stations around the nave, that would reflect the story of the journey to Bethlehem. We put that up on the, uh, on the email, and within about six minutes, all three of the sessions were full. And so we decided to use Tuesday of this week um, as three more sessions. And those two have been just wonderful, just wonderful. So I want to take you on a journey, on a journey to Bethlehem, through the stations that have been created by a multitude of people gifted and talented in this congregation. This first station that we are going to visit is the shepherds. Now, the shepherds, you know, shepherding was not an elite um, Profession, I guess you might say. And yet, isn't it interesting that it's to the shepherds, it's to the shepherds that the good news comes. Listen to how it's described by Sarah Teasdale Christmas Carol, her poetry. The shepherds came from out of the north. The coats, their coats were brown and old. They brought him little newborn lambs. They had not any gold. Now the shepherds, the shepherds were frightened when they got the message. They weren't sure what was going on. And, and so the angels, as part of their message to them, say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because we're bringing you good news of great joy. 
I wonder what happens to us when we are afraid. How are we, how are we affected? What, what do we do? What do we stop doing when we're afraid? Fear overtakes us. And we feel sometimes like we're paralyzed. What causes your fear? And perhaps more importantly, what is it that helps you manage that fear? I wonder about the fear and the anxiety that's going on in today's world. 2020 has been unlike any year that the people I know have ever experienced. All around us, there is distress and dread. So what do we do? What do we do with our fear? Well, I can only speak for myself. I know there's two things that are really important to me when I'm afraid. One of them is music, and the other is nature. It doesn't mean that, I, that the fear is going to be just wiped automatically off out of my mind. But what it means is it gives me a tool to know how to manage the fear. When I stand at the seashore with my feet in that water and I watch as the water covers my feet and the sand moves under my soles, when I sit in a field filled with daffodils and I watch the bees and I smell the aromas. And probably almost most importantly, when I'm enveloped by sacred music, somehow that fear begins to abate and it opens my heart and it helps me to pray, to pray, Holy One, reveal yourself to the poor, to the young and the open-hearted. Like the shepherds in our humility, touch our hearts that your presence might become as brilliant as the stars on a clear winter night. Bless us that we might find our joy in simple devotion. The next station we're going to visit, I hope you're able to see it, it's the station for the angels. The angels announcing the good news of great joy. The angels came from heaven on high and they were clad with wings And lo, they brought a joyful song, the host of heaven sings. And if you were here, you'd be able to see all of the stars, all of the stars, all of the stars, and all of the angels that we have. The angels are all different kinds, all different heights, size, colors, and certainly all different voices. Aren't we thankful that it's also in the scripture for some of us it says, it says, let's make a joyful noise. These folks, these angels helped all of us to sing the good news of great joy of the birth of Jesus. 
Have you ever had that experience where you're kind of okay, happy, and something happens that just bursts open your heart and it's filled with joy? I think about the stories in the Bible and how sometimes it's the people who have the least who express the greatest joy. Think about the, the child, the young, the, I think maybe a boy, I don't know, young child who had those five loaves of bread and the two fish and fed 5,000. I gotta believe that kid was so joyous besides the fact that he was totally amazed. He was so joyful that his meager gift made such a difference. I think about the woman who lost her coin, her solitary coin, and she gets down on her hands and knees and she's scouring her home for that solitary coin. And when she finds it, she holds it up and she's got great joy and she calls all of her friends in. Something so small bringing such great joy. I wonder, what brings you joy? Where's the joy in your life right now? I know this is a tough time for a lot of people. Somewhere, find that little kernel of the joy that these angels are proclaiming. I have to confess, part of my joy comes from really good chocolate and a really good cup of coffee. It's not a lot, but boy, it makes a huge difference. And so we give thanks for the angels who sing their song and fill our hearts and open our minds that we might pray, Holy One, your angels announce his birth with glorious trumpets and shouts of joy. Bless us with your grace that we too may know the joy of angels. Pierce our darkness with their celestial light that we may always proclaim their joy and know their peace which passes all understanding. You know there aren't, there isn't anything in the nativity biblical story that talks specifically about animals unless you are like me, and you make some assumptions that if there's a stable, there must be some animals around somewhere. So here we are with the stable. Here we are with our animals. I remember growing up on a sheep farm, and when it was time to eat, the the animals would come into the, the barn and the stable and the cacophony of the sounds and the smells. These animals are precious in God's sight. Legend has it that in 1223, St. Francis got permission from the Pope to set up a manger with some hay in it and to have two live animals, an ox and an ass. And then it was in this little village, it was in a cave outside this little village in Italy. And St. Francis invited all the villagers to come 
and to gaze on this manger scene while he preached about the birth of the holy child. And isn't it interesting from something that simple of this ancient scene we've developed over years and decades and, and years and forever our own manger scenes at every Christmas Eve pageant I've ever been in. One year, we let, at one of the churches where I was, we let the kids decide what animal they wanted to be. You know, usually you have the regular animals, the dogs or the sheep and the, and the goats and you know, whatever, but we let them decide who they wanted, what animal they wanted to be. We only did that once because one of the little cherubs came as Kermit the Frog. So we, did, we sort of controlled that one after that. The ritual of the animals in the manger is beautifully expressed in the 12th century French carol, The Friendly Beast. And it's, it's, I guess it's because it's a child song. It's one of my absolute favorites um, of the Christmas carols. And it tells how the donkey and the cow and the sheep and the dove are mysteriously drawn to the manger and what each offers to the newborn. In the final verse of that song, it says, thus every beast by some good spell in the stable dark was glad to tell of the gift, the gift, the gift he gave, Emmanuel. I wonder, what's drawing you to God today? What is there in the world around you, in your life, that's beckoning you to be in relationship with God. And what is the gift? What's, what's that one thing that you can give back to God? And how are our hearts, how are our minds being open to God's gift to us. Holy One, by your design, creation itself bore witness to his birth. Cows and donkeys, sheep and goats, cats and dogs, all gathered by a mysterious knowing to welcome your Son. Bless us, we pray, by that same unspeakable Bless us, we pray, by that same unspeakable grace that we, too, may behold your birth into our poor, in our poor and humble hearts. And we arrive, finally, at our holy family. Hear the words, the poet, words of poetry from Tilbrook and Difford, Mary and Joseph were so surprised with admirers around the crib. There was something in their son's eyes that magnetically took one in. From the depths of their infant son's eyes, they knew 
that he would change the world. People would be drawn to his eyes. People would be drawn to his purpose. People would be drawn to his calm. People would be drawn to his love. And they would watch as his eyes saddened through scorn and contempt and death. And they would rejoice. They would rejoice, rejoice in the eyes of a risen Christ. My friends, if you could look into the eyes of Jesus right now, what would you see? What would you say to Jesus? And how might that lead you to opening your mind and your prayer? Holy One, by choosing Joseph and Mary, you have shown us where to find you, not among the trappings of status, privilege, and wealth, but in the simple love of family. Come to us now, Lord Jesus, as we open to you in the poverty of our spirit and bless all those who humbly nurture us and all your children. We have one last station that cannot be seen because it is outside of the nave, away from the cameras. It is the place of the wise ones, the magi who are being guided by that star on their journey to Bethlehem. I wonder, what star is guiding you this night, this day, in your life? What persons or ideas or purposes, what's pulling upon your heart, guiding you onward? pulling you forward? What's leading you and helping you to follow God? And how would you be led to open your mind and your heart in prayer? Lord, as the Magi came to you into the place where you lived, they knew they were at journey's end. The Christmas after the journey through Advent, may we come before you in awe and wonder at your birth and be filled with amazement, thanks, and praise. We have completed our journey to Bethlehem. The shepherds and the animals the angels and the holy family. And today we welcome the birth of a newborn king. I invite you, I invite you now as I pray to open your mind, to open your heart, and to welcome into your life the newborn king. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, as we journey on this pilgrimage of life, lift our arms to help, strengthen our hearts to love, fill our voices to sing, open our minds to knowledge and truth, and help us, help us to grow in service to you, to this congregation, and to the world around us. With the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>